Welcome to The Hive. I'm Beth, the Honeybee Health Coach, bringing you information and education on chronic diseases in a way everyone can understand. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to The Honeybee Health Coach. I'm super excited to be talking with you here today. We are going to talk about how to talk with family about getting the support that you need for your dietary and lifestyle changes. One of the best ways statistically to predict how someone will manage their diabetes is how much support they get from family and friends. Family support has been associated with improved medication compliance and blood sugar control in studies of adults with diabetes. Addressing a diabetic's social environment has been a positive association with healthy diet and exercise. As you consider the ways in which a chronic illness, such as diabetes, affects the family, there are multiple components that are involved. There's emotional aspects. There are financial aspects. Relationships can be challenged. Education and your work lives um, may be affected by the disease and changes in habits, as well as leisure time and social activities that you once engaged in. Many of these areas are all linked with each other, so it can be difficult to sometimes think about all the ways that these affect you and your loved ones. Sometimes there are positive things that come out of this, including stronger relationships. Um, Individuals learn how to be supportive and learn who they can turn to in an emergency, which is definitely valuable um, for any instance. Something else to consider is that we don't often think about the whole family unit as we talk about the diagnosis and the impacts of the diagnosis. So often only the patient or a client is considered when speaking about that diagnosis. So we want to make sure that we look at the whole family structure and recognize the way that different individuals are affected and impacted by the diagnosis. Depending on who has the diagnosis, you know, there may be parents, children, spouses involved. There may be some feelings of grief or loss because there may be more to consider for lifelong journeys. Depending on how far advanced the disease is when it is discovered, there may be some significant feelings of loss of what they thought retirement might look like if they are now facing neuropathy and difficulty walking, feeling in their extremities, their fingers, their toes. For somebody who may be very crafty and works with their hands all the time, knitting or whatever they do may become extremely difficult because that lack of sensation and some of the extra pain that may be involved. So there's a lot more to think about than just the patient in these scenarios. As we work with the clients and different family members and caregivers, we want to make sure that there's a 
good schedule for everybody to create a smooth transition, whether that's just keeping mealtime consistent so the highs and lows can be better regulated, or if we're looking at more complicated things like travel, making sure that we build in some of these extra buffers and carry those snacks or whatever's needed to better manage your condition and the, keeping those blood sugars stable. We also want to consider making sure that communication is clear between everyone involved by just assuming or believing that an individual understands or knows what you need, that may not be enough. And there can be some hard feelings. There can be frustration because they are not completely expressed. And that's something to consider and making sure that you are very upfront in what you need and things that should be considered. We want to make sure that there's no extra resentment. We don't want anybody feeling hopeless. You know, individuals like to help. If you think about, you know, a new baby, everybody wants to help. We People want to go, they want to snuggle with the new baby. They want to hold the baby. Sometimes mom isn't as good as going, you know, I really need somebody to switch the laundry. It hurts too much to bend over to get to the bottom of the washing machine. Could you please take the laundry out of the washing machine and move it to the dryer? It is so simple for somebody to do, but so often it's never asked. And that same sort of scenario, while not necessarily the wash, but simple little things could be done to make the family relationships work a whole lot smoothly, more smoothly. So if you feel if your loved one has diabetes, make sure to ask, what can I do at this event or for this party, this gathering that would make it easier on you? Would you like, you know, snacks ahead of dinner? Would, you know, is this fruit and vegetable tray appropriate? Keep those communication lines open so that there's not the resentment or the misunderstandings of you didn't think about me. Um, but on the same token, if you are the individual with diabetes, make sure that you bring that up. Maybe you volunteer to bring that fruit and vegetable tray. Maybe you volunteer to bring a glucose-friendly dessert. So don't always expect everyone to do that. But for those closest to you, try and keep those lines of communication open so that is an option for your family. There may be times where there could be extra feelings or depression triggers, and perhaps the patient or the family member needs to seek therapy in order to work through the emotions that are brought out with this diagnosis. In the instance that I mentioned with the change in retirement plans. If you thought you'd be traveling the world with your spouse at retirement and all of a sudden you are met with somebody who has been diagnosed and is not willing to appropriately manage their disease, odds are it's going to progress. And that can create some significant relationship strain. And working through your own feelings as well as trying to support and love the individual who is getting a little harder to love, therapy can be a vital component to that pathway. 
And we always wanna make sure that there is accurate and useful information about the disease. If somebody is saying something at a family gathering and you know that not to be true, speak up. You know, nobody likes to gossip. Nobody likes the hearsay. Make sure that you set those paths straight. And whether it's standing up for yourself or standing up for a loved one, you know, if they're doing the right things, but it's just not enough, perhaps they, you know, they're a little bit further down the insulin resistance path. And it's going to take a lot longer for their body to respond. So even though they may be having a great nutrition and maybe doing wonderful on exercise, it just may be taking a little bit longer for their body to get back to what it was to appropriately utilize the glucose. And depending on where they are in their journey, you know, there's the potential that they've gotten too far and it's just going to be medication management at this point. They can do the best that they absolutely can. And you absolutely want to support them in that, but you can't belittle them if what they're doing is not enough. If they're doing what they need to do and they're doing what their doctor has ordered, please be supportive and don't be making it seem like they're falling short. So there's also the aspect of diabetes being more of an invisible disease, a broken leg, you see the cast. You know, if somebody breaks a collarbone or breaks their neck, you're seeing different splints, you're seeing different braces. You don't see that with diabetes. So sometimes it can be harder for individuals to understand, especially different ethnic backgrounds to where you are supposed to be stoic about your medical diagnosis, about your, you know, medical process. And individuals aren't as welcoming of that information or they aren't as giving of that information. So it could be just ingrained in the individual and have nothing to do with the person, um, the person affected, the person you love, so forth. It just may be the environment where they were taught to handle these medical situations in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, so certainly keep that in mind and they may not ask for those meal modifications and maybe that's something that you can bring up and keep that dialogue open and let them know that it is okay to ask you and it is okay for suggestions and that you would love to have that information. And sometimes it's just a basic need of education. If they don't know, they can't do better. So please work together to increase that knowledge. And certainly one of the best ways to have people support and love you is to start with yourself. Be your own greatest supporter. Practice being kind and gentle with yourself. Keep that self-talk positive. Try and stop that negative self-talk as soon as you recognize it and redivert to something positive. If you've made a bad choice somewhere, you know, let's stop. Let's regroup. I've been making great choices all week. This one choice isn't going to be a, you know, end of the road sort of thing. So let's regroup and let's, as Frozen says, do the next right thing. Um, so just keep that in mind that 
by showing yourself grace and showing others that you are caring for yourselves, yourself, and providing a positive environment for yourself, you can model that behavior for others to follow. So pay attention to that inner voice and that dialogue that's going on. Another option would be support groups. If you feel that you don't have support at home, you can go outside the home to get the support. If you have a diabetes resource center in your area, perhaps they've got groups where you can get together and you can talk and brainstorm some of these different hurdles that you're encountering. Another option is someone like me with a health coach, somebody who's going to be your cheerleader and can help you regroup and reframe and keep moving forward. You can role play and kind of figure out how you're going to address these different situations and come up with some better ways to respond. Certainly we can't dictate how everyone responds to us, but we can work on how we respond to them and whether or not we internalize those emotions or we release and let go. So don't be afraid to ask what you really need. There may be cases that people are perfectly willing to support that you would have never thought of. There's a lot of individuals who are willing, they just don't realize what you need. And they may not know how badly you need it. Perhaps you've always been the strong one in the family. You're always the one that's there for emergencies. You're always the one that they turn to. And maybe they have no idea that you need this help as well, that you need the support system. And it just takes a simple request. So being more direct, you are more likely to get the support that you need. As far as family and friends and how family and friends can be supportive of an individual with diabetes, the CDC has put together a great resource in their library. Um, it's really family, friends, diabetes kind of keywords. You can look that up. And it just basically boils down to learning about diabetes, finding out why and when blood sugar needs to be checked, and then individuals can help let you know what their doctor has given them for directions as well and where to go for information and help. Um, diabetes is very individual. Each person is different. Their treatment plan is customized to their needs and often modified quite frequently. So sometimes while you feel these are a lot of changes and you can't keep up with it, know that the individual may be struggling with that too. And so trying to keep up with these lab work and the different goals that are being set out for them, perhaps quarterly. Um, it's really important to know that likely they're doing the best that they can. Again, and ask your friend or relative how they can help. How, how can you help to make this easier on them? How can you help for those social times where you're out together? And then listen, listening is huge. Make sure that you're not cutting them off and go, yeah, I've heard that before. You've asked the question. Now, please wait for the response. You can also see about going to appointments with them. You know, if this is a journey that you are going down together, perhaps having a second person at those appointments to listen to the instructions, and then you can better ask the physician or, you know, the resource individual that they're going to see how you can help and support in these cases. And 
a lot of times individuals have a lot of information thrown at them. So by having a spouse or a significant other, another family member, sibling there with the individual, you can help bring home a lot more accurate information and a lot more information because you're not quite as overwhelmed when you've got multiple pairs of ears listening. Also, give them time throughout the day to check on their blood sugars, to sit down for a snack, to regroup, reassess. If they're starting to get symptoms, let's look at where those symptoms are coming from. Are they getting a headache because they're dehydrated? Or are they getting a headache because their blood sugar's going goofy? Things to think about and to plan during those excursions. Make sure that you've got snacks with you. Make sure there is, you know, a couple bucks in the event that you have to grab something out of a vending machine as a last resort. So just kind of plan for those extra emergencies. And we kind of touched upon this, but avoid the blame. Individuals with type 2 diabetes are often overweight, but that is one of several factors involved. And they're not always overweight. Blood sugars can be hard to control, even with a healthy diet and regular physical activity. There may be other factors in regards to their genetics and metabolism that is coming into play that makes all of this more harder to manage. Thyroid plays into cholesterol levels and high triglycerides often go with diabetes. So it's not only a one solution. It may be more complicated for the individual, and we want to make sure that we're not placing any blame that could shut down communication lines. So we need to work on accepting the ups and downs. There could be mood swings that go with blood sugar levels, go from sad to happy to irritable. And as we touched upon, there could also be depression involved. Depression rates are higher among individuals with chronic diseases, and that's something to keep in mind with your loved ones as well. Encourage them, walk the walk, talk, you know, do what you're saying you're doing. Follow the same food and fitness plan because it's healthy for you as well. There's nothing wrong with that. So make sure that you are being an asset and not a hindrance. Something else to just keep in the back of your mind, know the lows as well. When the low blood sugar, um, when the blood sugar starts to fall, it can be serious and does need to be treated. Symptoms vary. Be sure to talk with your friend, your loved one about what their symptoms are that they have recognized, but it could include being shaky or jittery, feeling extra nervous or some additional anxiety. There could be extra sweating, chills, clamminess. They could be irritable. Think of that Snickers commercial. Um, there's also sometimes dizziness and difficulty concentrating. Hunger, nausea, having blurred vision, weakness, fatigue. And then on the opposite end from, you know, with that irritability, if perhaps they're not sad, perhaps it's coming out as anger. They could also be unusually stubborn. So things to keep in mind and, you know, think of the symptoms and know those triggers for the individual. If this 
these low blood sugars are happening multiple times in a week. Um, it's definitely something that they should contact you. They should contact their physician about to see if medication needs to be changed. Perhaps some, perhaps, you know, their body has finally caught up to all of these healthy changes that they've made and their body is better using the insulin than it has, and they no longer need such a high dose of medication. So things to consider, um, for that aspect as well. Another little tidbit I would like to bring up is that older individuals may not notice high or low sugars as well. <clears throat> Pardon me. They may have other complications such as vision problems, kidney issues, nerve damage that may make some of these symptoms harder to pinpoint. So make sure that if there's any changes that you stay on top of it and talk with them about, you know, better regulation, speaking with their doctor and so forth. Hopefully you've been able to take a couple tidbits away from this that you can find applicable to your family, your situation. Um, it's always good to keep those communication lines open. You never know when the help will be needed and everyone will be very grateful that the learning has occurred should it ever be needed. If you've gotten a little tidbit of useful information, I'd appreciate if you would um, follow the podcast. You can rate the podcast. I'd appreciate all of that. You can find me on Facebook at Honeybee Health Coach PLLC. You can find me on Instagram at Honeybee Health Coach as well. I look forward to our next conversation. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you haven't already, be sure to find me on Facebook and Instagram at the Honeybee Health Coach. And don't forget to join our community on Facebook for free pre-diabetes health tips and support. See you next time.